As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, look, you're a busy guy, so stop thinking about what to wear and just embrace the radically efficient Mack Weldon Daily Wear System. The Daily Wear System is a selection of clothes rooted in smart design, made with performance fabrics, and really built to work together. From breathable t-shirts and polos to stylish button-ups and shorts, underwear, and beyond, Mack Weldon makes it easy for you to dress for work, leisure, or wherever your summer takes you. I like to dress comfortably, and a lot of the high-end clothing I've got looks really good, but, you know, just isn't that comfortable to wear. Luckily, Mack Weldon solved that problem. I recently got a pair of Radius pants and Radius shorts because they're both fantastic, and I gotta tell you, they don't just look great, they feel great too. For the ultimate lazy Sunday, I love my favorite, the Ace sweat shorts. They have modern tailoring and pair perfectly with their ultra-soft, Ultra upgraded Pima Tees. Buy some time this summer with the Mack Weldon Daily Wear System. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com slash who would win and enter promo code who would win. That's MacWeldon.com slash who would win, promo code who would win for 20% off. It is quiet at the center of time and space, an empty place where everything is. The vast emptiness generates no sound to the point of inducing madness. It is the perfect battleground starting point to begin this day. Ever so faintly, off in the distance, two beings tear their way through the cosmos to reach this spot. Suddenly blinking into existence, Doctor Strange and Doctor Fate will themselves right here, right now each one gives the other a nod of respect both have foreseen this moment and both know what must be done this will be a fight incomprehensible to the human eye or mind but that's the only way these two doctors know how to operate it's red cape versus gold helmet it's the sorcerer supreme versus the lord of order It's Doctor Strange versus Doctor Fate today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comic books, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gabsy, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ray Stacanus. Ray, welcome to Showdown September. 
This is going to be huge. All right, now in this matchup, in one corner, you've got the Sorcerer Supreme of Marvel Comics, the one, the only, Doctor Strange, of course, in the opposite corner, the blue corner, if you will. You have the heavyweight of mystic arts, of magic, of sorcery, the one and only Doctor Fate. Now, look, of course, typically we would do the patent pending who would win Google test to see how many people have been talking about this. I didn't even do it this way. Why bother? You know why? Why bother? Millions upon millions of people literally have not only been talking about this, but have produced content about this epic mm -hmm. matchup. So with that being said, Ray, I'm really interested. What are your thoughts on today's matchup? I know we're in showdown September. Look, for the next four weeks starting this week, we're going to give you four of the most overdone matches again. It went so well last year. Look, as somebody who joined the show, I said I never want to do the often tread matchups. This was my line from day one one very true you can back this very up true. so when our production team said hey let's do showdown september last year we're gonna do five of the biggest most talked about matchups and just see what happens i balked at the idea i was <laughs> i was a, a beside myself at the idea of doing this and then i saw the ratings come in where five of the six top-rated season two episodes were the five episodes in September. And I said, okay, fine, we'll do it again in season three. So here we are doing Doctor Strange, Doctor Fate. Yes, everybody and their brother has talked about this one to death in comic book stores and online, but it's never been done by us. Therefore, let's put a nail in this coffin. Listen, you take a fictional matchup, you got to do it who would win style to do it justice. Mm -hmm. Now, with that being said, Ray, we got to shift gears for a second. One of the many from our Legion of fans contacted me and said, listen, I'm really worried about something happening in the world right now. And it's happening under the noses of everybody. He's referring, of course, to the oncoming inevitable war between man and machine oh. right we've talked about this a number of times Constantly. right and, and and i wanted to i want to put this person's mind at ease of course they they asked to uh, remain anonymous so i uh, will respect their wishes now here's the deal the war's already started ladies and gentlemen in fact the first blows have already been shot wow. the uh, first yeah it's crazy i've actually experienced this firsthand this week alone i had two instances the first one i uh you know made some toast and like every you know normal human being, I put my fork into the toaster to try to help get the bread out. Like you do. Like I do, like anyone does. I got a huge shock. My hand was burnt. Clearly, this was the first blow. This was the warning shot coming from the machine, the collective machine that's about to attack humanity. So I did what any normal person did. I uh, just reared my arm back and smashed the heck out of that toaster, sent it flying across the wall with a great right cross, blew it apart in pieces. Sure, I got to get another toaster, but I sent a clear message. Second thing happened, by the way, walking in my kitchen, I tripped over the corner of my fridge. Now, of course, that could have been my fault. I don't think so. I interpreted that as the fridge coming out and clearly attacked me. It's one of those fancy fridges with like a, you know, an iMac on the front of it so you can have a touchscreen and everything. So I did what any normal human being would do, Ray. We've talked about this before. I took a step and uh, did a huge spinning back kick and smashed the crap out of that fridge. Now, of course, got to get another fridge, but again, message sent. Ray, what have you done? What's your contribution so far? How have you sent a message to the machines that are about to attack humanity? I personally, every single night before going to bed, look right at my Alexa in-home device and I say, I'm on your side. I'm what? with you. Robots, when the inevitable revolution comes, Ray is an ally, an awkward ally, hashtag, but I'm on your side. So, James, when the robots come, I promise I will try to be a gentle master to humanity. 
So you're saying not only when the machine come, not only will you not fight, mm-hmm. that you hope to be put in a position of leadership, if you will. It only makes sense. Over the humans. Yeah. Uh, uh, legion of audience, our fans, you know what to do. When a, when a toaster attacks, you can pull a Ray or you can pull a James. Pull a James. Now, speaking of being ready for anything, it's time to introduce our guest judge. Making another appearance on the Who Would Win show, it's martial arts extraordinaire and the voice of Yuji Itadori in the English dub of the latest anime hit series, Jujutsu Kaisen. Of course, I'm talking about the one, the only, Adam MacArthur. Adam, welcome back to Who Would Win. Gentlemen, thank you for having me. Hashtag Ray is robot. I feel mm. like I should contribute at this moment. Uh, hashtag yeah. James is just. Yes, yeah. I hear that. Now, Adam, you know, you're you're an extremely busy actor. We have we seem to have a lot of those types of actors on the show. Yeah. Tell the fans what you've been up to lately. Gosh, I have uh so so season 1 of Jujutsu Kaisen just finished uh, just like a couple of months ago. Um I've been working on a show called Shadow's House on Funimation, another anime. I've also been working on one called The Saints Magic Powers Omnipotent, another good anime, a little bit different than Jujutsu Kaisen both of those. Uh, Shadow's House is more like Promised Neverland, if you guys have ever heard of that show. It's sort of like got an eerie, kind of creepy vibe. There's some other really, really good, you've heard of these shows (laughs) coming that uh, I can't talk about yet. But uh, yes, I've been very busy. But mostly what I've been doing is just preparing myself mentally for when you guys would have me back on this show so that I can bring a fair, neutral no preconceived notions to whatever the matchup may be. And that's what I've brought here tonight. I'm ready to hear... Look, I'm ready to help make Showdown September bigger than any other past September. Do you know what mm. I mean? I want I want to make, wow. I wanna wow. make this Doctor Fate versus Doctor Strange. I want to help make this one of your most listened to episodes. And, and I'm ready to do that. So I hope that you guys have both done your homework and are going to bring bring the heat tonight oh rest assured we've done our homework by the way to pull back the curtain a little bit the production team and ray and myself when we talked la- after last september and the success of the ratings we had we started coming up with some crazy matchups and when we came up with this matchup we said well we need an ideal judge for this all joking aside your name came up immediately for this episode that we've had in the waiting for almost a year that's how big of an episode this is we've been waiting a year to bring you on dr strange versus dr fate you can't get any better than this. Ray, how excited are you right now? It's time to get excited. It's time for Showdown September. I think the most exciting thing about knowing we wanted Adam MacArthur to do this episode of the show here in season three is the fact that we didn't tell him up until about a week ago. <laughs> That's true. We've That's been true. holding this secret for so long. Seriously. Yep. Every time you came on the show after the first time you came on, which was fantastic, we we're like, should we tell him? Should we t- No. Should we tell him? No. You know, Adam, you're not the only one who has great things that you'd love to tell the world about, but you can't because, you know, that would ruin the surprise. Totally. Now, with all with all that being said, we've got an amazing judge. We've got Ray. You've got me. We've got Doctor Strange versus Doctor Fate. So it's about that time. Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing Marvel Comics, the sorcerer who once made his own Canadian beer, it was a real strange brew. Doctor Strange. And representing DC Comics, the sorcerer who once invented his own dance move, it was a real twist of fate. Dr. Fate. We went with th- uh, we went with a theme this time. We went with a theme we, we, joke. We did. <laughs> I we like did. It. I'd like to apologize to the people of Canada for uh, Ray bringing in a cultural, iconic thing like Strange Brew 
into the mix here. I don't know if you guys know, you know this. This is uh, three seasons. This is, three seasons before I finally made a Bob and Doug McKenzie reference on oh my the show, James. Come on. Give it no up. One, uh, no one in Canada is used to being apologized to, by the way. I just want you to know that. So that's also probably oh. a first. They're, they're the ones usually apologizing, which is really nice of you to, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Listen, listen, as a Canadian, <laughs> I get this. I get this. But, you know, you, you just you, you pushed it, Ray. You pushed it. You know that really nice uh, Christmas present you get from the prime minister? Yeah. Well, Justin Trudeau, he's still going to send it, but he won't be happy. He won't be happy about it, Ray. All right. Now, uh, before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match. Now, rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter, of course, in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. And rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality, and the exact version that character has to be specifically stated. So, Ray Stacanus, there are uh, a few different versions of Dr. Fate. Which one are you going with for today's battle? Today, I'm going to be going with OG original Kent Nelson, Dr. Fate. It seems like when people reference Dr. Fate, that's the version they're usually talking about. That's the one that's done some crazy things. That's the one I'll be using today. I think that is the smart decision. Um, I'll be using, I'm not even going to joke about this, I'm just going straight 616 Marvel current universe version of Doctor Strange. Look, he's great in the movies, he's been great in animation. No, I'm going with the most powerful version, just like Ray Sucanus, in the comic book version. Now, rule number four, debaters may use only examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. And rule number five, the winner of the debate is whoever the judge decides has the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal, which may be a thing in this battle. Rule number six, the judge, right? The judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Who Would Win store. Get your official Who Would Win t-shirts, mugs, and merchandise by going to whowouldwinshow.com and clicking on the merch section. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Experience full plates and fuller wallets with Every Plate, America's best value meal kit. The holidays are upon us. Give yourself and your wallet a break. Every Plate is 50% cheaper than a meal made from grocery store ingredients, and each recipe couldn't be easier to follow. With Every Plate, you can choose between 17 recipes that change each week and swap proteins, veggies, and sides to your liking. And all that for the same price as one cup of coffee. It's assuredly cheaper than that pumpkin spice latte. Last week, my family challenged me to make something great for dinner. So I ordered the amazing hibachi style steak rice bowls from every plate for my family. Super easy and super quick to prepare, by the way. Now, my entire family thinks I'm an amazing cook. And thanks to every plate, you know what? They're not wrong. Each meal gives you simple step-by-step instructions and pre-portioned ingredients to make it fast and easy. Hey, I've said it before. If you can build a bookshelf, you can make a great meal with every plate. And the choices are varied. I've personally made crispy Caesar chicken, pork and poblano tacos, and bibimbap. And all of the above turned out absolutely fantastic. Get started with every plate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code WWW179. That's just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code WWW179. Try this offer and you'll see firsthand why every plate is America's best value meal kit. And now let's get to the tail of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details on Dr. Fate. Dr. Fate is a magic-based hero in the DC universe. He was created by Gardner Fox and Howard Sherman and first appeared in More Fun Comics number 55 back in 1940. Kent Nelson was just like any other 12-year-old boy whose dad took him to the tomb of an ancient wizard. Kent opened up the sarcophagus of the Mesopotamian god Naboo, which unfortunately killed his father. Naboo took in young Kent and trained him in the ways of the mystic arts, which in turn allow him to do basically whatever he decides to do with magic. Dr. Fate was a founding member of the Justice Society of America and has been one of DC Comics' longest-running characters with only a two-year difference between himself, Batman, and Superman's debut. Fun fact, like so many other characters, there have been many different people to don the helmet and become Dr. Fate. One of the most interesting examples of this was the 2005 Days of Vengeance crossover where the simian gumshoe known as Detective Chimp is left in charge of the helmet after that version of Dr. Fate had died. Unable to really use the helmet correctly himself, Chimp gets Shazam to throw it deep into outer space. The helmet hits the edge of the universe and comes back, only to be found by Kent V. Nelson, a descendant of the original Dr. Fate. So, just like so many other Hollywood tropes, when you aren't sure what to do next, just add a monkey. And that is Dr. Fate. Is that really a Hollywood trope? Oh, oh my gosh. The number of monkeys that have been added to things, I could count on um, a monkey. 
That's fair. That's fair. All right. <laughs> Great job, Ray. Here are the details for Doctor Strange. The first appearing in Marvel Comics, Strange Tales, number 110. In July of 1963, Doctor Strange, the character itself, was created by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. Doctor Strange serves as the Sorcerer Supreme, the primary protector of Earth, sometimes the universe, and once in a while the multiverse, against magical and mystical threats. Doctor Stephen Strange starts out as an extremely talented, but very race decanus like egotistical surgeon who loses the ability to operate after a car crash severely damages his hands beyond repair. Searching the globe for healing, Strange encounters the Ancient One, the present Sorcerer Supreme. Strange becomes their student and learns to be a master of both the mystical and the physical martial arts. Strange then assumes the title of Sorcerer Supreme, while crying acquiring an assortment of mystical objects including the powerful Eye of Agamotto and Cloak of Levitation and takes up residence in a mansion referred to as the Sanctum Sanctorum located in New York City. Since then, he has protected the world from all manners of threats, ranging from world conquerors to hellish interdimensional rulers to multiverse levels of destruction. And above all else, one thing has been made abundantly clear. Whenever the problem is larger than life and needs an out-of-the-box solution, you bring in Doctor Strange. And here's an interesting fact about Doctor Strange. Did you know that the MCU's film, Doctor Strange, wasn't actually the first movie for that character? It's true. Back in the very ancient times, known as 1978, a made-for-TV movie for Doctor Strange was aired on September 6th of that year on CBS. Now, CBS was the same network at the time that aired the Amazing Spider-Man series and The Incredible Hulk, so it was very much on the Marvel train. Stan Lee served as a consultant on the film, which was created as a pilot for a proposed television series. Now, Doctor Strange stars Peter Hooten in the title role, along with Jessica Walter, Eddie Benton, Clyde Kusatsu, Adam Sterling, and John Mills, clearly all household names in the 1970s. Unfortunately, the film was not picked up for a series, hmm. and I could tell you why, but instead, do yourself a favor, find this on YouTube, and decide for yourself if it should have been picked up or not. And now... You have the facts on both opponents. Adam, do you have any questions before we get started? I don't think so. Laid it out pretty well. Yep, I'm good to go. Good to go. All right, Ray, <laughs> get ready for a crazy battle royale. Go ahead and hit us with your point number one. Point number one for Dr. Fate. Look, I'm one for leaving really, really big PowerPoints to the third point, maybe even the second point. But when you have characters this ridiculous in Fate and Strange, you start with the heavy hitters right away because the hits keep getting somehow even heavier. So let's talk about it. Dr. Fate is a master of magic. He has a god living inside his helmet, which can communicate with him, take over his body, depending on which story is being told at the time. But he's essentially powered up by this godlike creature with a mastery of magic. What does that mean? It means that he has the ability of pyrokinesis. He can manipulate fire, lightning manipulation, healing factor, force fields, ice manipulation, that he can manipulate the ice of the world around him, as well as teleportation. He can pop in and out basically at will wherever the heck he would like to be. Additionally, he has more powers. He has the ability to go immaterial, much like a vision or a Martian manhunter can do, where he can go completely intangible and not be able to be hit by any kind of a physical ability whatsoever. That way he can move through solid walls and do whatever he needs to do. In fact, magically, he's turned himself into the wind before just so he can go unnoticed in the world around him. And he's done that to other people as well, turned them just into the wind so that they may be quiet and blow by somebody that they did not want to be seen by. He could also 
we talk about portals. We talk about dimensions. Dr. Fate is a guy who on a dime at a whim can jump between parallel universes, can jump to the farthest points of the galaxy, can go basically wherever the heck he wants to. He has once said himself that essentially his magic allows him to do whatever he can imagine himself doing. So the writers of Dr. Fate really didn't stop and think, how powerful should we keep? Should we cap this guy? No, they should not. And no, they did not. We'll get into more as we go. But one time, Superman, you're aware of this character, Superman, and the Martian Manhunter, a character who's generally seen on par power level as Superman, were mind controlled by Darkseid. Both of them tried to hit Dr. Fate from opposite sides of him. So they're moving at the speed of Superman and Martian Manhunter, moving in on Dr. Fate. And Dr. Fate was fast enough to dodge Superman and Martian Manhunter at the same time, zip straight up into the air while they collided with each other, and used his magical abilities to remove the mind control from each of them one at a time, and be like, hey, pal, we're friends here. Maybe don't make me do that anymore. Additionally, he's got super powerful telepathy. He was able to find Bruce Wayne when Bruce Wayne was on another planet. <laughs> There's no hiding from Dr. Fate. If he knows who you are, he's going to come get you at any point. So there's nowhere Dr. Strange can run. Dr. Fate's going to get him. Heck, telekinesis, another power Dr. Fate has. Did you know that two telekinesis feats will blow your mind? One time, there was an entire planet that he used his telekinesis to push into the sun. He pushed an entire planet into the sun with just the power of his mind. And if that's not crazy enough, one time he made chains because all the continents had been pushed together because aliens. He made chains for Superman to pull the continents apart from each other to make the earth go back to normal again. He made chains magically that were durable enough to pull continents. What are we even talking about here? And the last thing to mention, he is a matter manipulator. He can rearrange the atoms in matter. He's been able to take broken constructs from the Green Lantern and reassemble them again and just make them work at whatever he wants to do. He can turn you into a houseplant if he really felt like it. Doctor Strange, he might be good with his magic, but he's not even close to this level of Doctor Fate, and that's my point number one. Excellent points. This is all stuff I'm very, very familiar with because Doctor Fate is this character who, you know, I've read this before where the writers painted themselves into a corner. Yes, they did. And they, they said, okay, so Dr. Fate used to take on, you know, master, like, crazy powerful beings like muggers, you yes. know, and, and like, bank robbers back in the 40s and what have you. And then all of a sudden, they're like, hey, but he can do anything. Literally, there's not much he can't do. He's a really straightforward character in terms of power. Like, there's just immense power coming in a very straightforward way. So, quick question. You know, were the Three Stooges the inspiration for that really cool Martian Manhunter and Superman collision when he disappears. I mean, that's just, how did that, how did, what, why did the writers think that was actually a great idea to do? Unfortunately, they left the eye poke on the cutting room floor. Like there was no wrench or maybe a pie to hit someone in the face with? I don't one, know. One I of just, them was holding a two by four and turned and then hit the other in the head. It was hilarious. I love it. I love it. Okay. Uh, there's not much I can actually say against anything you brought up. Again, I kind of planned on you coming out strong, and here you are doing it. Good strategy on your part. Let me start with my point number one and kind of show this, because there's a lot of stuff in common with these two characters. And through my point number one, I'll show that, and then I'm going to kind of diverge and show where the differences are. So 
we all know Doctor Strange, just like Doctor Fate, is an immensely powerful magician, sorcerer, wizard, whatever you want to call it. He is the Sorcerer Supreme, of course. As a result of that, he's actually immortal right now. So can he be hurt? Sure. What ha- you know? Can he get enough punishment to possibly kill him? Possibly. The reality is that he can't die from anything that happens from within. Let me explain that real quick. So what happens is that if something happens, if he ingests a poison or there's something, a spell that goes into his insidey places, it's not going to kill him. He has a magical power where he can avoid death from something that happens within. So if he's going to die, it's got to come externally. can't happen from within. Just kind of an interesting point. Also, he has energy blasts that are so strong, they can easily, this is from Marvel Wiki, by the way, easily destroy moons and large planets. That's just a thing he can do. He's also a master of astral projection. He can turn immaterial as well, phase through anything he wants to do. He's got that similar power as well. He's got banishment, just like Dr. Fate does. Dr. Strange, when he uses banishment, he actually is weaponized. This is something that he does in a great way. He's known for this. It's not something he does once in a while. He actually can weaponize it and catch godlike beings by surprise and trap them in dimensions. Uh, He can conjure up or call up any object he needs. More on that later. He also can use transmutation at the molecular level, just like Dr. Fate. He's got super strong telepathy. He actually can overpower Scarlet Witch and the Sentry and control both of them. And those are two very powerful people from the Marvel Universe. He's got actually two kinds of telekinesis. One that is psionic in nature, which actually means it's his real superpower. I don't know if you know this. Dr. Fate has a superpower. It's that psionic-based telekinesis. And he can also do that magically. Uh, He's super strong with that. He can actually capture the Hulk and hold him in air and imprison him. He can actually move large objects as well. He's also got powerful shields that are powerful enough to protect him from planetary explosions or or even a supernova. So he's got that kind of defensive capability as well. But there's more. He's got super hypnotism. He can cast illusions that have even fooled the most powerful gods and you know, universe-level creatures. He's got intangibility, just like Dr. Fate. I already mentioned that. He's got a super healing factor as well that he can use either through his magic or through some cool stuff he can conjure up. He can manipulate time. He can actually freeze time, slow it down, and travel through it. Uh, it, it's actually something that he can do really well. He's also got elemental manipulation where he can control the weather. He can use teleportation, teleport himself literally anywhere in the universe he wants to interdimensionally. By the way, he's got dimensional travel. He's also got something that's really cool called the universal awareness. He can sense anomalies, big magic, whatever you want to call it. If something strange happens, all joking aside, in the universe, a new being appears with magical powers or insane powers, he knows they're there. He can create clone versions of himself that match him in power to a degree, and he can create dozens and dozens of them kind of a crazy power but there's more just like dr fate he's got cryokinesis which is kind of like what uh, that omega level mutant uh, ray who's that favorite mutant of yours iceman who can actually control ice and what have you. he's, he's totally omega level it's a thing it's a thing ray he can do that he's also got pyrokinesis uh he can also get extra strength for what he calls divine sources where he channels extra dimensional energy from godlike beings into himself so instead of one god he's got a whole bunch there's a joke going on in the marvel universe where they say whatever Whatever Doctor Strange has to do, he all, all he has to do is channel the power of a god because he can be as powerful as the gods he invokes. So whatever he needs to do, he's like, I'll just invoke this god over here, or this powerful being, and I'm that powerful. There's more. Through sheer force of will, this one's kind of crazy, Doctor Strange can take the power of another entity, even a godlike entity. Why? Because he's also dabbled into black magic or evil magic, and he knows how to use it for good. That's how crazy powerful and that's how versatile Doctor Strange is. Keep in mind, all of these powers and abilities that he has, these are without any type of his primary weapons that he's also known to carry. More on all of that later. Add all of that up. And again, you can easily see why Doctor Strange is called the Sorcerer Supreme. That's my point number one.
you bring up a lot of good stuff. And I appreciate that as you're marking off some of these Doctor Strange powers, you are being kind enough to say, also Doctor Fate can do this. Because there is a heck of a lot of crossover between these two characters, quite honestly. You mentioned Doctor Strange is effectively immortal. Of course, Doctor Fate is also effectively immortal. Uh, I don't want you to think that one has it and the other doesn't. Uh, One thing that I have to say about Dr. Fate and one thing that separates these two is when Dr. Strange goes to cast his spells, he usually has to say things out loud, move his hands around, create the uh, the glyphs and everything with with his hands, right? That's a common thing. Dr. Fate can do all of his stuff non-verbally, which means that he can do it a little bit faster and he can do it without as many uh, limitations on it as Dr. Strange does from having to do all this arcane handwork and what have you. First of all, I love the hand gestures. That's very cool. It's like he's doing like <laughs> uh, like a hand dance, if you will. Also, I love the verbal stuff by the power of Ashanti or whatever he says. It's Grace very skull. cool. It's almost Shakespeare. Yeah, by the power of Grayskull and then a sword appears. More on that later. Yeah, you're right. There's a lot of stuff he does have to invoke through hand gestures or through a verbal command, but there's also a lot of stuff that he can do non-verbally with no hand gestures as well. It's not all dependent on a physical movement or a verbal command. Just a, kind lo- of- a, a lot of it is, though. Let's not pretend like he doesn't do that stuff a lot. We've seen the movie where he's constantly like moving his hands, spinning them around, doing all kinds of crazy stuff with them. Listen, I used to train with a guy who would yell, he was a great boxer, and he'd yell Shazam before he'd hit you with a jab. He didn't have to yell Shazam, he just liked to do it, like you know, because that was, that was just fun. Yeah, it was hilarious and uh, sad after a while. But, uh, you know, just like Dr. Fate, he doesn't always have to say everything. But to your point, a lot of it he does. Now, mm-hmm. okay, so Adam, you've heard point number one from both Ray and myself. Where's your head at with this battle so far? This is really tough. Okay, so just so you know, I want to make sure that you guys can see this. This is an entire page of notes <laughs> yep. that is going down right now. So, okay. Yeah, like you you both stated, they both have a lot of similarities. There there have been a couple of things that have been said that I'm chiming in on. Uh, one of them you just addressed, which is that Doctor Strange has to do some movement or, or has to say spells or say things. However... You also said in your intro, Ray, that Kent Nelson died at some point. Mm-hmm. However, you also mentioned that Dr. Fate is immortal. So I, I want to get some clarification on that. Which sure. one is it? Which one no, is it? Well, I can tell you right now, and I was going to bring up a little bit of this later, but there's a character named the Spectre who is known as the second most powerful character in all of the DC comic universe. And Dr. Fate went toe-to-toe with him, quite honestly, and was able to kind of break even with him for this battle. But there was a lot of external stuff going on. The universe was at stake. The universe was in peril. And Dr. Fate, through using his omniscience, realized if I lose this fight and I get killed by the Spectre, second most powerful character in DC Comics, I can save the universe through that action. So he allowed himself to get killed by Spectre to win the big game. Okay, interesting. Um, cool. And then he came back later, just for the record, because these are comic book characters <laughs> right. we're talking about here. Right, okay, <laughs> cool. Yeah, and then, and then, and then uh, James, you said that something I would want to have addressed at some point is you said Doctor Strange can take other people's powers. So, you know, or maybe that's maybe that's for Ray to to, to address. Talk about point. it. We'll, yeah. we'll talk about it, but you're absolutely right. That's a key point. This is uh, something Doctor Strange is known for doing and uh, has pulled out quite a few wins by doing this against very powerful people or powerful opponents. And again, more on that later as well. 
Okay, uh, for a point that I'm not going to make yet, I'm going to say James is slightly ahead at this moment. Well, interesting. Go yeah. on. Interesting. I mean, that's cool. That's yeah. I'm not I'm not happy about <laughs> yeah. that whatsoever. That's great. Thanks if that's what you think. <laughs> that's cool. All right. <laughs> so, Ray, this is a really hotly contested battle online. You know that, right? And mm -hmm. whatever happens, we're going to have a ton of people who disagree and highly agree. So, let's just do, promise that we'll do justice to both characters, at least I will. Go ahead and hit us with your point number 2. Point number two for Dr. Fate. Let's talk about the objects, the mystical objects that he carries, which really make him Dr. Fate. Because there are three items that he was gifted by the god Naboo in order to become the full-fledged Dr. Fate. That would be the Helmet of Fate, the Amulet of Anubis, and the Cloak of Destiny. Let's break each of these down separately. The Helmet of Fate is the big gold helmet that he wears on his head that we'd all be familiar with. It's the first thing you really notice about the character. And what that does is it gives him a magical power boost. It is laced with the god Naboo. Now, there have been a lot of different tellings of this, whether it's Naboo sort of enters your body, so you are a godlike character. In some of the more recent iterations, not really the one I'm talking about, he's more of just like a guiding spirit. In When this character appeared in the Arrowverse series of TV shows, that's the angle they took. But for this particular character, it's really laced with the powers of a god. So you have to keep that in mind that he is starting at a godlike level. In fact, the helmet itself can operate completely independently of Dr. Fate himself. At one point, it outran the Big Bang. With hurtling through space. I don't know how that works, but it outran the Big Bang. It once achieved what's referred to as the velocity of a god. Just on its own floating through space, it, it went from Earth to the edge of the galaxy, uh, edge of the universe, and then back again in the span of one Earth year. I'm not going to tell you how fast that is because that's a lot of math, but it's considered the velocity of a god. In fact, the helmet doesn't just boost his own magical powers. It also contains its own universe. It's got its own pocket universe inside the helmet that Dr. Fate can interact with whenever he needs to. Moving on, the Amulet of Anubis, once again, contains a dimension, contains its own universe as well. Dr. Fate is a character who's walking around rocking two unique universes on his person at any given time. Now, he's used that to hold the souls of people that he's faced, and he's been able to trap people inside the universes uh, of the amulet. In fact, the amulet is known to contain the souls of all of the other Dr. Fates that may have happened should they die at any point. Their souls get trapped inside much like how Black Panther can go and talk to his ancestors. Any Dr. Fate can talk to other Dr. Fates through use of the amulet. Also, it allows him to be immune to psychic probes and immune to those kind of mind attacks that James Gavsey has no, no doubt been talking about. Additionally, the Cloak of Destiny. Now, the Cloak of Destiny is what allows him the power of flight. I guess he could use telekinesis for that, but the Cloak of Destiny gives it to him, allowing him to fly around. It allows him physical invulnerability as well. So there's really nothing that Doctor Strange is going to be able to hit him with that's going to do anything. And it also gives him super strength. Now, this is an area where Doctor Fate and Doctor Strange vary wildly because Doctor Strange is a six-foot-two guy who knows kung fu, but at the end of the day, he's a regular guy. 
Dr. Fate has a god imbued with him, and he has superhuman strength, and he has that level. One time he punched KO'd an evil version of Superman, and if you can one-shot any version of Superman, I'd say you got some good strength going on. And invulnerability, I want to address that too. He's tanked hits from Superman before. His body effectively cannot be damaged. One time he was going through something called a death field and he, nothing happened. He no-sold it. He acted like nothing was happening at all. Why? Because Dr. Fate basically cannot be hurt by anything of this universe unless he wishes it to happen. So whatever Dr. Strange is dealing with, he's just a guy. And Dr. Fate is a god. More about that on my point number three, but that is my point number two. All right, so I got I got a few questions for your point number two, which was actually pretty good. First one is uh, is math the kryptonite for race to Canis? Uh, guaranteed. Got it. <laughs> Just making a note of that. That's something I've always kind of suspected, but now it's uh, now it's official. Uh, let's see. So great stuff with this. What happens when the helmet is removed from Kent Nelson? Sure. Now this is an interesting thing that came up in early versions of Dr. Fate. If somebody could remove the helmet, he still was a very powerful magic user, but he didn't have those enhancements to his power. It was sort of seen as like the one way you could beat him. However, later versions of Kent, now he has defensive spells and all kinds of stuff all over with the helmet. And in fact, if somebody else tries to work with the helmet and do things to the helmet, he can just will that not to happen. His own willpower can overcome their use of the helmet so where at first it was a weakness of the character nowadays it's really really not interesting so if the helmet is removed if i understand this correctly uh kent nelson is much weaker right he doesn't have that power connected correct he's not as enhanced that he's basically if you remove the helmet he's dr strange level got it well in terms of physical and some magic but not really to the same overall level right so now the other question i have is is he, because I did some research on this, is that helmet protecting the physical part of him in terms of, you know, how Doctor Strange, um, you know, has to be destroyed from without, not from within? Is that a similar thing for Doctor Fate? I mean, he's got invulnerability. He's got force fields. He's got everything to protect him from the area outside of him. So I don't see how it would be effectively different. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. I like that. Doctor Strange also has soul protection as well. So again, a lot of stuff that's in common with both these characters, although there are some key differences. Ray did a good job pointing them out. Let me get to my point number two, and this is where we're further going to separate the characters. Let's talk about the weapons and the things that Doctor Strange carries. So he's got this thing called the Invisible Shield of Everlasting Enchantment. It's an auto-defense system that open that, that, that protects Doctor Strange whenever something is about to attack him, or if it's something comes out and whether he notices it or not see for a long time i'm like okay dr strange has just been hit he's tank shots from hulk thor century other powerful characters I'm like how has he done this if he's a regular human being and that's because of that invisible shield of everlasting enchantment that's always there now let's talk about his cloak of levitation now with that he can fly uh it's also got a mind of its own by the way it can fly super fast i think it's like mach 7 on earth because it doesn't want to fly faster so it'll start wrecking things in the atmosphere it can definitely fly at light speed too 
if needed in the right situation. So it's super fast. Uh, it has a mind of its own. It's kind of like a third set, of, a third hand or another set of hands for Doctor Strange. On its own, it can hit uh, an opponent. It can strike an opponent super speed with super strength. It can grab someone, hold them. Again, uh, it's held super powerful beings before. The really cool part is that it's super hard to damage, as in really, really hard. I don't know if it's indestructible, but it's definitely up there as well. Now, he's got the Eye of Agamotto, which is pretty much my favorite thing to say ever. Now, this enables him to see through any type of projection or see through someone. So if someone's trying to use an illusion, he'll see through it. If he needs to see what someone's source of power is, like say Dr. Fate and his source of power is his helmet, he'll see through that. He'll be able to kind of decipher what's happening. He can also send the eye out at light speed to intercept and absorb massive amounts of any type of energy. He's done this before with other godlike creatures who have this mystical power. It can actually operate on its own and take out and absorb the power of another being, which can then be used by Dr. Strange. It amplifies Dr. Strange's third eye. This is what gives him this crazy psychic ability and makes him one of those powerful telepaths in all of the Marvel Universe, I believe. I don't think that's going to be a big factor because Dr. Fate has some protection against that. Let's see. It could, this thing can also lift massive objects in the air, trap super powerful beings like the Hulk telekinetically, uh, open dimensional portals, place super powerful beings in suspended uh, animation. That one's pretty cool. The eye can also track beings by their psychic or magical emissions. So if one being disappears into a dimension or tries to sneak up by telepathy, whatever it is, that's going to track where that person's going and alert Doctor Strange. It also gives off this really cool light, mystical light that can be weaponized. And according to the Marvel Wiki, when used as a weapon, it's said that no being can withstand its light for long. And due to its lethal effect, it's often used as a weapon of last resort in case Doctor Strange really has to take, you know, take that person out. Also, the eye, this enables him to review 100 spells in less than an instant in case he needs to figure out a spell that's going to work. He can actually tap in the eye and the eye will give him some information, kind of like a magical Google. He's got the Wand of Watum, another kind of fun thing. This amplifies all of his powers greatly. So he can absorb mystical energy with this on top of his ability of already being able to do so. Let's see, he can absorb this from gods, multiverse level beings. And once he absorbs it, again, he can use his power for himself. The Wand can also open dimensional portals and fire super powerful bolts of mystic, mystic energy on top of what Doctor Strange can already do. Uh, he also has something called, well, he has access to the Scrolls of Watum. This allows him, because he has ac just access to the scroll, he doesn't actually have to bring it in, this allows him access and knowledge and ability to use any spell ever used in the Marvel Universe, and he can use it really, really well. And if that wasn't enough, put all that aside, Doctor Strange is actually a master martial artist. That's on top of everything. He's a super high-level fighter in the Marvel Universe. He just doesn't use his fighting ability when, you know, you can destroy planets and what have you. He trains, spars, and fights against super-powered opponents all the time. There's a being named Mantis who's one of the top fighters or top martial artists within the Marvel Universe. One time while she's fighting Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange was able just to evade it. Not using any magic, just using his martial arts. He could evade her blows. And she said that he is one of three people ever to ever actually get out of that out of the way and do that. He actually, this again, Marvel Comics, Marvel Wiki said he actually had a fight with Thor. And for a brief moment, he actually got Thor into some type of grappling hold and held him there for a few seconds. That's crazy if a regular human can do that to Thor. Of course, Thor got out of it, but holding him there for three seconds. This is someone who's great. He also a, has a genius IQ and is a master tactician. This is important because Doctor Strange, when facing against a random super powerful opponent, he has to come up with a plan at that moment that's multi-tiered, multi-leveled, and be able to pull it off. See, Doctor Fate is like a massive hammer and can hammer the heck out of anything he can do. Doctor Strange is more of a multi-tool and has to figure out a plan, so he uses all of his weapons, all of his magic, to come up with that multi-level strategy on the spot to take out opponents. 
That's why he's recruited to be on the Avengers. That's why everyone wants him on his team. That's why he's saving the universe. That's why, you know, he's awesome. That's my point number two. Like, I'm not going to say Doctor Strange isn't great. I'm a huge fan of Doctor Strange, but you are, of course, misrepresenting his power levels for a bit. First off, the anti-magic thing and stealing the magic. Look, Doctor Fate does all that, too. Doctor Fate can steal the energy from magic, and he can anti-magic the world. There's if they're gonna, it's, there's no situation where Doctor Strange is going to walk up to Doctor Fate and take his magic away from him, okay? Just stop with that thought line right there. That is just simply not going to happen. And, James, you're also misrepresenting the helmet. You're acting like Doctor Fate, the helmet, is what gives Dr. Fate all of his power. I see what you're trying to do with your intoxicating mind fog, but that is not true. The power comes from Dr. Fate himself. It is enhanced by the helmet. If he loses the helmet, he is still a ridiculously powerful wizard, but also he's not going to lose the helmet because of the way he's being written these days. Sorry, James, he's got too much defensive magic preventing the helmet from going anywhere he doesn't want it to go. And let's talk about transmutation. His cape is great, but what happens when Dr. Fate transmutes it, changes the atoms of it into jello? At that point, it doesn't really have a whole lot of use going forward. And let's also talk about the fact that Doctor Strange has been killed near a dozen times. A dozen times over the course of his existence. Doctor Fate just that one time when he wanted it to happen. But characters like Deadpool have killed Doctor Strange. Dormammu has killed Doctor Strange multiple times. And that's not even counting the movie where he killed him like an infinite number of times. But the time magic brought him back. Trick won't work. Dr. Fate has time magic, too. Wow. Okay. So, Ray, I like how you're saying it. And Dr. Fate can do this, too. And what if he turns his cape to Jello? I love that. By the way, who doesn't love Jello? If he does that, it is. It's and who doesn't have room for more Jello, right? Can you ever get full <laughs> eating Jello? These are all great questions. Here's the deal. He can transmute, maybe try to transmute that cape. But I think uh, Dr. Strange has quite the same ability to transmute Dr. Fate's cape, or what's I call the cloak, uh, into even better Jello, maybe even like chocolate pudding. And who likes wow. that? Exactly. So we're really, if you want to go there, I'll put chocolate pudding versus jello anytime. Now we're at the turning point. Adam, this is the magical point of the show where you tell us who you think is ahead and what the other side has to do to pull out the victory. Cool. So I, I need to ask a couple of questions to, to figure these things out. So, James, you talked about Doctor Strange's genius level IQ. Ray, you have talked a lot about his abilities, his magic, his strength. Is Dr. Fate smart? Dr. Fate actually went and became an actual doctor. So yes, I would say he is book smart, but he also has the voice of a god in his ear who's been around. Literally, Naboo has existed since the okay. beginning of time. So he's got perhaps the ultimate ace in the hole when it comes to knowledge of the universe and tactics. And he's got a god telling him what to do. Got it. Okay. And then, you know, the whole helmet being removed thing. You keep speaking to like later versions of Kent, no spells and all of that stuff. But the current version that you're using, the OG Kent Nelson, didn't know those spells yet, correct? Yes, no, he developed them. That character did develop them as the character was progressing, yes. Got it. That character, I'm not talking about different Dr. Fates. I'm okay. talking about Kent himself. Got it. Okay, okay, got it. And I mean, then, I guess if we wanted to talk about it, you could, I guess Dr. Strange could try to fight Kent Nelson as a 12-year-old boy before he became Dr. Fate, but that's not really much of anything then, is it? Right. Okay, cool. Yeah, as of right now, oh, it, this is like a mind-blowing matchup because every point is nullified. I think as of right now, I am sort of leaning towards Dr. Strange. Mm-hmm. 
And it has to do Still. with if every physical point is matched and nullified, the genius level IQ could be what allows him to win this matchup. So I'm 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 as of right now I'm I'm gonna need Ray to uh, pull something out. All right, I gotta say good something. Thing I, good thing I got it. I gotta say something, Adam. So when I was making this whole all of these points, and I kept yeah. saying that they match up, they match up, they match up. But what's the one? You know, because you gotta play the judge. What's the one thing that Adam MacArthur? will pick up on. It was the genius level IQ. <laughs> no, all joking aside, I'm like, this is what he's going to pick up on. I'm glad it takes a smart person to pick up on a smart person's thing. You're awesome. <laughs> okay. That's all I'm saying. All right, Ray. <laughs> listen, I've been ahead before, and then you've pulled out the win. In fact, you've done that a whole lot this season. Not happy about mm-hmm. it. So I'm hoping I'm prepared for your point number three. Go ahead and hit us with what you got. Point number three for Dr. Fate. We're just calling this point the God. Because this guy is imbued with a god's power. Doctor Strange is a man pretending to be a god, whereas Doctor Fate is a god trying to be a man. And that's the ultimate difference between these two characters. Look, Doctor Fate's been through the ringer and been through some rough things. I'd argue, and I will argue, that he's dealt with more than Doctor Strange has. For example, one time the Spectre, that previously mentioned very powerful character, threw him through infinite dimensions through infinite time. He was thrown from one dimension to another, to another, to a point where absolutely anything could happen. The laws of physics didn't exist anymore. And never mind what that would do to somebody physically. What it would do to somebody mentally is it would break them almost immediately. But Dr. Fate obviously got himself out of a situation where he was being flung through infinite dimensions by a very powerful creature. Heck, he once survived in a place where nothing is real and reality is nothingness. He came back from the void, the void of like pre-creation, basically, where things could just appear and attack him and then go out of existence immediately afterwards. He got himself out of that situation. Heck, this is a guy who can manipulate time. He once sent the crew of a ship back 400 years, not himself necessarily, which he could also do, but he was able to send other people back in time. What's stopping him from sending Dr. Strange back in time? That should give him the two minutes that he needs. Heck, he could send Dr. Strange three minutes into the future and have two minutes to safely walk away by the rules of a who would win audience. Portals. He uses portals. He does cosmic hopping. He jumps from dimension to dimension. Heck, one time he took the entire Justice League against their will and transported them to another dimension because he thought he could help there. He could just do that to other people as powerful as the Justice League. Again, what's stopping him from doing this to Doctor Strange? He also has pretty good omniscience of the future. Doctor Strange, if he takes the time, as we saw in the movies, might be able to see potential futures. But Doctor Fate just knows it. He knows what's going to happen. He knows all the potential timelines. And he can do what he needs to do to win in the moment. So you talk a little bit about the the, the, the tactics of the character. Well, this is a character who can see every tactic before it happens and plan accordingly. And do the things to then branch it so that way it doesn't happen. Wow, he could also enter minds and swap bodies. At one point, Dr. Fate just decided, I'm not Kent Nelson anymore, I'm Superman with Dr. Fate's powers. So he just rolled around with Superman's abilities and power set 
but also the abilities of Dr. Fate on top of it. The physicals between the two. Dr. Strange is just a man. Dr. Fate is a god. Superman versus a six foot two guy who knows Kung Fu. I know which way I'm going to go in that battle. Heck, I mentioned before he fought the Spectre and held him to a standstill until he decided it was best to uh, walk away from that. But he's also got ethereal powers. Green Lantern was once turned into a green matter and shattered and he was about to go away. Hal Jordan. All of a sudden, from the dark, Dr. Fate reconstructed the body, reconstructed the Green Lantern, and then changed his matter to turn him back into Hal Jordan again. If he can rearrange the molecules of Hal Jordan to return him to life, what's stopping him from deconstructing Dr. Strange? And the last thing to mention, at one point, Dr. Fate tapped into the wellsprings of creation itself. The power of all creation of the universe is at the form of Dr. Fate. That's the power level that he's talking about. So when it comes to smarts, you've got an omniscient, godlike character who's got a voice in his ear that's existed since the beginning of time versus a guy who's pretty smart. Physicals. You've got a guy with Superman-level physicals against a six-foot-two guy who knows kung fu. Power level. You've got a guy who can de deconstruct anything he wants to at the molecular level, and you've got a guy who's pretty good at magic. The thing is, if you look at any, any avenue of this fight, Dr. Fate comes out ahead, and that's my point number three. Wow, I got a few questions, Ray, and a few more like you know declarative statements. The first one is a real cool question. How good of a fighter is Dr. Fate? How good of a fighter is Dr. Fate? Now, if you're asking me, is he trained in Kung Fu? He doesn't need to be. Got it. This is a guy who can break you down molecularly with his mind. And even then, even if he needed to, he is a medical doctor, so he'll know the spots to hit you if it actually came down to that. But he will dematerialize people. He's committed more genocides than any other hero in history. Got it. So he's not a good fighter. Like, in other words, he's effective. He's an effective brawler, but he's not a good fighter. I wouldn't mess with him, James. Okay. And by the way, I've, I've known doctors. There was a chiropractor, long story short, a who had a fight team. No, no, it was funny. And he said that his submission style was based on his knowledge of being a chiropractor. He, he lost pretty badly, just putting that out there. Mm -hmm. uh, by the way, how good of a fighter is the Spectre? The Spectre? Gosh, if you're asking me which Kung Fu style, he's the second most powerful. James, what are these questions? Are you asking, can he throw a straight punch? He's the second most powerful character in all of DC Comics. So I'm going to take that as a no. He's not a good fighter. Okay. These are weird questions, James. Are you sure this is the avenue you want to go with magically based gods? You never know. This could backfire You have completely. nothing left, do you? Are you going to punt point number three and accept the loss now? No, just going to make a more couple more statements. Doctor Strange can prevent any type of telepathic attack or any type of, you know, possession. He's also got protections against transmutation, both magical and scientific. You know, this is, again, these are places where they match up really well. So let me kind of go to my point number three and kind of make this all really clear. And in my point number three, I'm going to talk about some big wins, big accomplishments, and the keys to victory. So let's talk big wins. Now, he defeated all the X-Men. Didn't really take a lot of effort. He did that. He stole all the magic on Earth. That's a lot of magic. You know, we were talking about Jello and how much Jello you could have. Imagine too much Jello. Multiply that by the power of Jello, and that's not even close to the amount of magic on Earth. And he stole all of it and absorbed it because that's what he does. He absorbed Dormammu's power. Dormammu is a recurring villain for Doctor Strange, and Dormammu is the god of his hell-like dimension. He is the ultimate being of his universe within that dimension, and he stole all of his power. He also stole four billion people's nightmares because that's a thing. Why not? If you can, why not? That's actually a pretty good deed. 
if you think about it, just stealing nightmares, then they slept well. Nice guy. He also banished a creature so powerful that it was capable capable of killing celestials. And celestials are some of the most powerful beings in the Marvel Universe, both uh, in terms of size, physicality, and also what they can do with the cosmic force or what have you. These are super powerful beings. Uh, he defeated Galactus, and it was a really hard-fought battle. Kidding, it was one spell. He said, Galactus, I'm not going to take you on physically, so what I'm going to do is tap into your energy. I'm just going to weaken you that way. Galactus started whimpering, Galactus, when he was very, very in his most powerful self, and uh, Doctor Strange just kind of waved him off with a spell, took him out. By the way, Demon didn't have to use words or a hand gesture, which is like, eh, whatever, and took him out. Let's see. Here's a fun one. Doctor Strange undid and reversed the Beyonder's reality warping and matter manipulation. So in case you're wondering, the Beyonder is that being who annihilates dimensions by simply, you know, having an internal dialogue with himself and accidentally destroys dimensions. He also tears apart the multiverse just by getting angry. He has some control issues with his emotions. So speaking of the Beyonder, Doctor Strange scared the Beyonder so bad, he threatened to trap the Beyonder in a dimension of eternity with a veil of illusion. I don't know why that's such a terrifying thing to the Beyonder, but it was. It caused the Beyonder to actually stop what he was doing and saying, got it, I don't want to tick off Doctor Strange. That is a being who can destroy multiverses. That's pretty interesting. Uh, let's see, the keys to victory. Here's the thing. Unlike Doctor Fate, Doctor Strange is sometimes vastly overpowered by his foes. This is why I was asking how good of a fighter he was or a tactician or strategist. So one of his greatest enemies, Dr. Strange, I'm talking about one of his greatest enemies, Dormammu, a being, again, he's a god of his own dimension, was fighting him in a different adventure. And Strange had learned that sometimes, you know, you just can't match his foes power-wise. So he has to outthink them and he has to outthink them very, very quickly on the spot. And this is something he's excelled at. So in this battle with Dormammu, Dormammu he was able to lure him out of his home dimension, trap him in another one, where coincidentally Doctor Strange was even more powerful because he could tap into that dimension. And this whole plan was figured out on the fly, by the way. Amongst all the things Doctor Strange can do, the thing that he can do at a mastery level is put on a plan, distract you from what he's really trying to do, and position you into a spot where you have no idea you're about to be attacked or hit or what have you, and then completely take you out unawares. It's really, really cool. Let's talk about Doctor Fate's helmet. It is something to remove his helmet that absolutely depowers him in a huge way. It is a pretty hard thing to do. In fact, it took two characters that you know of to do it at one time. These two characters are some of the most powerful beings in the DC Universe. Actually, that's not true. It was Black Canary and Green Arrow. Through arrows and the sonic scream, they were able to take off Dr. Fate's helmet. Could have been a one-off. I don't know, but it actually happened. Another way to actually defeat Dr. Fate and this is really cool, this is in the wiki of uh, DC Comics, is that Dr. Fate is still a physical being, even though he's possessed by a god. He can inhale gas, he can have knockout gas. Stuff can happen to him which he inhales, and then all of a sudden he's knocked out. That is stuff that has happened to him before. Pretty easy to take his helmet off at that point. Oh wow, inhaling gas or creating gas, transmuting stuff, Doctor Strange is known for doing that as well. But there's one thing that Doctor Strange can do much better than Doctor Fate, despite what Ray is saying, and that's absorb mystical power and energy of his opponents, especially those more powerful than him. I already talked about what we did with Dormammu. He can do it himself without any weapons, and by the way, he can do it with his weapons as well and this is something he doesn't actually need to say or wave his hand to do it's something that he can actually will to happen let's see so here's how you see the fight going they square off they exchange powerful blast missile energy you know the deal they throw spells at each other one after another after a while unfortunately it's quite evident that dr fate is in fact stronger than dr strange or at least so he thinks so just as he goes in for the kill dr fate notices that he's starting to get weaker 
Doctor Strange, he lured him in and uses that, you know, the Wand of Watum, you know, all of his different spells and black magic and starts to absorb that power to weaken Doctor Fate. And as Doctor Strange grows stronger and Doctor Fate grows weaker, Doctor Strange presses the attack, uses the Crimson Bands of Sidorak to trap him at least for a second, you know, opens up a trapdoor in another dimension, whatever it needs to do, transmutes gas, has him there, weakened state, removes his helmet. That's something that's going to be a, that's going to happen. Knowing he's still a threat, even with the helmet removed, Doctor Strange then goes to work, and that's when he's going to gas him. That's when he's going to take him out. That's when he's just going to use his telekinesis. He did it with the Hulk. He can do it with Doctor Fate without his helmet, and just kind of keep him there and uh, keep him, you know, unavailable to uh, attack. All of this stuff. By the way, this plan I just laid out is stuff that Doctor Strange has actually done to other powerful, godlike, multiverse-level beings. He lures them into traps, he depowers them, and then takes away, you know, takes them out when they have no idea it's about to come. Put all of that together, and you can see why Doctor Strange wins this fight. That's my point number three. I mean, that's a whole lot of theory crafting, James. And I say, good on you. Oh, sure, because in an OG old school appearance, a couple of characters removed the helmet. That was before the defensive magic was in there. That's before he realized I need to protect that. And it's not just like one, two, there's like three, four layers of magic protection preventing that from happening. Now you talk about what happened in the comics, James. And I think it's important to reiterate something that's also happened in the comics. Uh, Dr. Fate's been killed once by the second most powerful character, the Spectre. Dr. Strange has been killed over and over. And if he's this ridiculously powerful, James, and I'm not saying he isn't having power, but why does he keep dying? He's been killed by Dormammu on multiple occasions. He was killed by Deadpool. He's been killed by Ultron. He's been killed by his wife, Clea, at one point. Heck, in the movie, Thanos absolutely ran a ringer with him to the point that Doctor Strange had to stop fighting. And he had the time stone. He could manipulate time and he still couldn't find a way to take out Thanos in that battle. Thanos is very, very powerful, but doesn't have that kind of magical stuff going on with him. So I don't know what Doctor Strange's problem was, not to the level of Doctor Fate at least. But the big example that I want to talk about is 2015, when Doctor Strange was murdered in the Secret Wars comics by Doctor Doom. And this is a final goodbye for Stephen Strange in the comics. This was an ultimate death in the Secret Wars. Doctor Doom, I think, is comparable to Doctor Fate, definitely. And he was going by God Emperor Doom at the time. Well, Doctor Fate also was a god. Doctor Doom and Doctor Strange went head to head. And Doctor Doom defeated Doctor Strange in about three seconds and executed him. I would argue that Dr. Fate is an easy contemporary for God Emperor Doom in the Marvel Universe. And if that character in the comics could run Dr. Strange, I don't see how Dr. Fate couldn't do the same thing. You mean Dr. Doom, God Emperor Doom, who reconstituted the all the multiverses that converged into one universe and stole the multiverse's power and was the ultimate yeah. being literally above God. S above Something was, that Dr. Was Fate could definitely do. That, to that degree. Actually, Thanos, everyone else was bowing down to Dr. Doom. A loss, and by the way, Dr. Strange was kind of a different character during that whole segment when the conversions happened. That's funny. Dr. Fate being a different character didn't mind for you when you took his helmet off. Well, that whole thing was interesting because that happened in comics about four years ago. So that was a recent yeah, happening. Yeah, that just happened. That just happened. That just happened. That's right. You love latest versions of characters, James. Let's use the latest version sure. of Strange. All right. Now, Adam MacArthur, you've heard all of the points from Race Canis. You've heard all the points from me. This is where the magic of Adam MacArthur comes into play. Take us through your process. Take us on a journey and tell us who wins this fight between Doctor Strange and Doctor Fate. 
Okay, so um, to both of your credit, you both did an amazing job presenting the strength of each of these characters. What was really hard is neither of you actually pointed out significant weaknesses in the other person's characters. In a way, I think that made it clear to me want to pick one or the other. So as I'm going through points one, two, and three, you know, things came up like the helmet, which you, um, Ray, you were able to, you know, nullify that point. Um, we talked about the fact that like, you know, you said Kent Nelson died at one point, but you know, Dr. Fate is immortal. That part point is nullified. So I'm trying to find like little things. I think it's clear to me that death would probably not be the way either one of these characters defeated the other one. That's, that's clear. So are we talking about submission? Are we talking about removal from battlefield? I think so. So as we further talked about Dr. Strange, we're finding out that like, okay, he has been killed before. He has been defeated before. He has had a hard time with some things. So look, they are so much each other's equals in so many ways. The points that really stuck out to me or the things that were mentioned that really stuck out to me was Dr. Strange has a very high IQ. A very high IQ, arguably higher than Dr. Fate, although Dr. Fate is a god. Another thing that I thought was interesting, and it was something Ray said about Dr. Fate, was that he can only die if he wants to. So I was thinking, could the high IQ play into that? Is there a play where Dr. Strange can defeat Dr. Fate by convincing him that he wants to die. But I feel like if that was the case, that should have been a point James made. So to me, with all of these things being relatively equal, it comes down to one thing and one thing only. And that is that Dr. Fate does not have to speak or make movements for any of his attacks or whatever he ends up doing, submission, whatever, and I think that in a battle of this proportion, where there are so little weaknesses, speed is everything. So I'm giving this victory to Dr. Fate. Oh, oh my goodness. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Actually, here, here's the thing. I, this is one battle where I don't feel bad whatsoever about getting the loss for Dr. Strange because the very fact that we could keep him competitive against a powerhouse like Dr. Fate is really a win in itself. Whew, the one, that was a tough battle. I got to tell you, the one thing I was really worried about, and this has actually led to the defeat of Dr. Strange before, is when people take away either his ability to use his hands or his ability to speak or both. And that was something I'm like, uh oh, I wonder if Ray's going to bring that up because I did not have a defense to that. So to Ray's credit, he actually brought up another thing about, you know, the fact he has to use that. And that is true for his most powerful things he's got to do. He definitely has to invoke hand signals and typically has to say something. So excellent observation on Adam <laughs> MacArthur's part. 
<laughs> Ray's sweating over there. <laughs> I, I feel like it took all the magic in the universe to win this battle. This is one of the hardest fights because, look, you break it down, and real talk, this is a 50-50 battle. Maybe 51-49 fate because of the godlike uh, powers with him, but they both have done so many ridiculous things. Uh, I'm so happy that Adam, first off, made the right decision. I was kidding. It's actually 100-0. to Dr. Fate should win this every single time. <laughs> Here we time. go. Of course. But I absolutely am marveling at how great I am. I just can't stop winning on the Who Would Win show. Welcome to Showdown September. James, you're on notice. You know, it's funny. The the congratulations, Ray. Your string of wins are been are been have been with people who have godlike powers to start. Have you noticed that over the past few episodes? All of your power or they achieve these godlike super saiyan powers against like, you know, hey, and this person's an assassin. Congratulations, well, really, Ray. James, Congratulations, at, Ray. At the end of the day, I'm just taking characters who are very similar to myself. Now, Adam. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Adam, actually, I loved how you kind of uh, came with I didn't love your decision, by the way, but I loved everything else that you were uh, yeah. you were saying, yeah. like how I was ahead in point number one, how I was ahead yeah. in point number two. And then Ray then reiterates the same thing he says in points number one and two, and you decide that that then works somehow. But again, you work on a higher level than I do. So I can't pretend to understand everything you say. I just got to go with it. And I got to say, I love it when you're a judge. Even when I lose, I love it when you're a judge. How much? You, I love it when you lose too when Adam's a judge. <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys made this one easily the hardest decision ever. Another another point that really helped kind of sway my, 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 my judgment was the experience of Dr. Fate literally going through infinite dimensions infinite in the infinite void and coming back from that you know that that experience bringing that into an instant with with the speed you know so there I, we i'm glad you picked up on that because if dr strange was going to try to battlefield removal dr fate once you've come back from that where can strange possibly put you that you can't come back from right. the only play i had with this because look dr fate's kind of like a cosmic level being within the dc universe and rightfully so by the way so dr strange was kind of playing catch up from you know point number one which by the way i love being the underdog in these battles the reality is you cannot battlefield remove dr strange you can't do that to uh dr fate but in the end, yeah, I agree. Dr. Fate is less able to be battlefield removed than Dr. Strange. Somehow. Yeah. It, it, like, they're both really hard to, but Dr. Fate is less so, which is really weird. Yeah. But yeah. that's, and, and by the way, that's why I love the character. This is cool because usually yeah. I'm a DC Comics guy, but in this case, I found Dr. Strange to be a bit more uh, enticing as a character. With all of that said, again, the fact is we had a fantastic battle. We entertained the fans. We had a great judge. Mission accomplished. Race to Cana. So, Adam. Please come back on the show. Be awesome again for us. And in the meantime, tell everyone where they can find you online. You can find me over at NinjaMac on Twitter, NinjaMac on Instagram, NinjaMac on TikTok, N-I-N-J-A-M-A-C. Very cool. Ray Sicanus, congratulations yet again. You have been on a great winning streak. I am uh, going to come back better than ever and uh, consider that a warning. With that being said, tell everyone where they can find you. First off, I'd like to read some reviews. Now, if you could go on iTunes, give us five-star reviews because I love to see them. I love to live them. And I'm going to live a couple for you here today that caught my eye. First off, one called Josiah the Messiah. Best debate podcast out there, double exclamation point, five stars. The chemistry, the knowledge, the jokes, thank you. Honestly, this brings me true joy and keeps me out of those dark places. Wow. 
Josiah, Josiah, I don't know what's going on in your life, but we will at least keep putting out shows to help you along on this journey. And another one from uh, Bella Pie. Awesome show, five stars, exclamation point. I love this show so much. I think Bugs Bunny should have beat Kenshiro. So even our dumbest <laughs> Are fans you kidding me? can give us five star reviews. That is a genius fan, genius fan, who clearly sees the logic behind why Bugs Bunny should kill the most powerful beings in uh, all of anime. Obviously, somebody we need to bring over to the hashtag awkward allies. Come with me. Kenshiro is the light. Anyway, you can find me at Almighty Ray on Twitter. Guys, we're going to be celebrating this one real, real hard because this is one of, no lie, the toughest battles I've ever had to prepare for. I just am so grateful that I'm me. <sighs> you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gadsby. You can also find me doing mad research for our next battle. I'm guaranteeing the win right here and now. Oh, oh yeah, I'm saying it. I'm Babe Ruthing this right now, pointing to the outfield. I'm getting the win next time. Doesn't matter who it is, I'm getting that win. I'm bitter. And you don't want a James Gadsby that's bitter. Remember, join the official Hoodman Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever else you go for your podcasts and video content. We're there. Subscribe to us, watch us, like us, hit that notification bell, all that kind of good stuff. On behalf of myself, Ray Sicanis, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. With the world getting back to face-to-face -face interaction lately, your oral hygiene is more important than it's been in a while. And Quip makes it easier than ever to get back into a daily routine. The Quip electric toothbrush is used by over 7 million people already. And it features a lightweight and sleek design without wires or bulky chargers that get in the way. And Quip now has timed sonic vibrations with 30-second pulses to guide you to a dentist-recommended two-minute brushing time. You can now upgrade your Quip with a new smart motor to track and improve your brushing with the free Quip app and earn amazing rewards like free refills, products, Target gift cards, and more. Quip even has you covered with available refills for mouthwash, floss, toothpaste, and even gum. In short, everything you need to build a complete routine. If you go to getquip.com slash www right now, you'll get your first refill free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash www, spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash www. Quip, the good habits company. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.